Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show! party horn that's a party horn because hell man if you're gonna sit and listen to some business stuff it might as well be fun right you might as well well make it a little entertaining because sometimes doing your business is like pulling out your own teeth you know when you get that wisdom tooth and you're just like oh man my teeth are getting a little crowded in here i should make some room pull out that wisdom tooth sometimes building a business can feel like that because you don't have enough money to make payroll this month or you don't know what you're going to do to get your next client or the mortgage is due literally tomorrow and you're like up crap creek without a paddle right there's a lot of things that can happen in business in the shadow side there's also a lot that can happen in the light side where you get that freedom you get that autonomy you get the ability to uh to step into your own kind of lifestyle the way that you want it to be you get to spend your days doing things you care about right serving and solving a problem that you think is important and you get that there's like its own energy comes from that right you get motivated from that you wake up in the morning your head kind of pops off the pillow a little bit more right this is the the light side of entrepreneurship this is what we why we get into it the shadow side is what we meet when we get there <laughs> right and it can feel like you're a crappy entrepreneur that's what this show is for you're not you're not a crappy entrepreneur it's just hard it's just hard. You might be a little crappy, but like we can help you get better. <laughs> like, I, do you think I started this journey in entrepreneurship as a good entrepreneur? You think that's that's why I got to where I am in life as I was good at the beginning? No, I was <laughs> I was a total <laughs> freaking lazy. I still am enormously lazy. To me, entrepreneurship is about optimizing for my laziness. It's like, what is the work <laughs> I need to do so that I can Netflix and chill? Right. Just that, admit that laziness is the handicap you were born with, <laughs> dude. It's so true. Zing. It's so true. <laughs> I, I just, I, I just. Most jobs, I just cannot see the point in doing them. You're so lazy, you can, you can't even trim your own beard. I can't trim my beard. You're looking at it now. I, I literally can't even. I couldn't be arsed, as we'd say in Ireland, Corbett. I just couldn't be arsed to, to, to trim my beard, my hair. My hair's long. Took a shower this morning, you guys. Can I just tell you one little trick? Can I tell you one little trick about entrepreneurship? Okay. I don't know about showers. But go <laughs> Let's ahead. talk about lotions. No, I'm kidding. The shower. All right. Here's the deal. When you take a very hot shower, you know, and you get in, you're in the shower, you might, you know, you're just in the shower. You're hanging out. You're just, you're just getting warm. You're, you're using some soap. You're, you're just kind of waking up in the morning. Get as hot as possible. Get really, really, really hot. And then, you finish that shower with the cold water. What happens is when mm. your body's really, really hot, your body tells itself, "Hey, we need to cool this. We need to cool this thing down. We need to bring it down. We need to bring the temperature down. Start, start releasing everything. Start get rid of, get rid of everything we can, right? And then when you get out of the shower after a hot shower, what happens is your body's in cool down mode still because it's like, "Hey, man, we gotta cool off. We gotta, we gotta. We're really running hot here." But if you really want to hotbox your body, you, you just do like a minute under the coldest water you can get right at the end of your shower, which reverses the flow, reverses the cycle. The skin tells everybody, oh, my God, we need to warm up. 
after you've already been warmed up, right? You've been in this hot shower, then you get in the cold, and it is, it, it's just the outside of your body. You understand? Your inside of your body is fine. It's just the outside of your body gets cold. You can handle that for a little while. It's fine. It builds resilience. It builds mental toughness. These are two essential things <laughs> in entrepreneurship, right? Uh, but the, the, the benefits of sealing in all that heat means you've just got like, you just got some energy to go. You know, so I might be a little hot and bothered today as I as I built up all this chi, all this energy in my body, and then I sealed it up <laughs> with mm-hmm. the cold shower. Snap the pores and, closed. And, but it's such a great way to wake up when you're, you know, running your own business and you're like, I don't know, what should I do today? My my wife's forced, mad at me. My my kids. Forced discomfort because everything else in our life is just too damn easy. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Slide the pain it's in right. Somewhere. Totally. So today on the show, we are not talking about showers and day hacks. Uh, ironically, we're talking about the kinds of things you might need to just get up, take a hot shower to do before you go off and and do it. Because have you ever had one of those jobs that you know was a job, like it was just like a real jobby job? This is the kind of job that you're like, no, thank you. Like every day, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mon- like Sunday night, just dread every Sunday night. It's like, why do I feel this so deeply? Like, I'm just so sad about my life that I'm going like, like <laughs> of what I need to do. Not just tomorrow, but the day after tomorrow and the day after tomorrow and the day after tomorrow and the day after tomorrow. Yep. Right. It's like forever. Mm. We, there's those day jobs, and um, those kind of jobs can suck the life out of your system. They really can. You get you get your lunch break, and it's like, all right, now you're going to work on your now you're going to work on your side project. You know, after you've just had a crap of a morning, it it, it it can be so hard to break away from that day job. Use some of your energy on your own business. Now, there's a lot of day jobs that you can do that. I've done that. I've stolen from lots of uh, you know employers before in terms of time. Like I was working on their stuff, I got it done, but I made it seem like I didn't have it done yet. And then I was like reading about design <laughs> on the internet, <laughs> stealing time, yeah. right? Milking the clock. It it literally is a form of thievery. It's you know, it's like, it, and then I get on myself because I'm like, I'm just not, I'm not living by my word. You know, it's it it can be such a pain in the arse. So the good thing is, we live in 2019. I almost said 2018. It's still still fresh. We, we live in 2018, 2019, sorry, where there is a whole new category of opportunity. Okay, why do you have a job? You have a job so you can make some money, so you can pay for the things you need to, to live. Now, in a perfect society or in a, in a world that, 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 like, uh, that is sustainable, you would actually, you know, it, that job wouldn't be soul sucking, right? Best case scenario, you 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 actually are invigorated by your job. It, it feels important to you, and it, it's meaningful, and it's energizing. You lo- and you love the people you're working with. But more and more, I'm finding that that it's hard to find people who have jobs like that, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So there's this whole the, the the job itself was this opportunity to earn, okay. So that you can afford the things that are necessary in life and then the things that you want as well, right? So the jobs are opportunities for getting stuff. Um, there's a new kind of opportunity that we don't even call a job, all right? We call it the gig economy. We call it the, uh, the place where you can just sign up, get set up, get ready to go, and then you can go drive as long as you want for Uber or Lyft. Do you understand? And you can make your own hours and you can be how you want in the car with, you know, given certain guidelines of the, of the companies <laughs> and the corporations that you're working for. But you have a, quite a bit of autonomy. 
right? And that autonomy could get you to to the point where maybe you have too much autonomy and and the company hears about it because they're getting complaints from people and, and now you're not allowed to work at that company anymore or do those gigs anymore. But we call these new opportunities the gig economy. It's a way for us to to sort of like tap in, do some uh, do some tasks, some errands, some work in exchange for some very clear set of you know what the what the money we get for that thing is, and and then we can we can pull the ripcord, we can leave at any time in the day. We can work for an hour, we can work for twenty hours, right? It's this kind of faux freedom. <laughs> it's, it's sort of like, it's, it's like, it's a kind of serfdom, I guess. I don't know, but you can leave. <laughs> it's, it's the same thing as a job, but you can leave. You, you, you can just leave. You have a little more freedom. Corbett, I'm curious for you. When you think about, I, I'm just trying to paint a picture for people who maybe haven't even heard this concept of the gig economy. They, they, pro- I'm assuming people out there know about Uber and Lyft, right? There's even the, yeah. like, Rover, which we've had sponsor the show before, which is dog walking, right? Where you could go, you can go just literally, you know, be in your city walking people's dogs as your gig, right? For however yeah. many bucks an hour and, and everything that happens through the app and yada, yada, yada. What do you think people like? But like, I don't know, like, am I doing a good job explaining what the gig economy is? How would you explain it? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, I, I'd say the cool thing is if you have committed to being an entrepreneur and you're in one of those soul-sucking jobs that makes you dread every Sunday night or Monday or whatever, if you're really committed to it, then you have to think about that job that you have merely as a means to an end. It's not your goal anymore. It's not yeah. your career path anymore. It's just a way to make money so that you can have a long enough runway to be able to get your business off the ground. And if that's the case, then maybe you don't need that job anymore. Maybe there are other options where you can just make some money and take home a lot less stress, a lot less crap, Mm. a lot less baggage, have a lot more flexibility. And that's why we're talking about the gig gig economy. These options aren't probably the best for people long-term. Your goal is to be an entrepreneur. Let's be clear, being a person doing a job in the gig economy is not being an entrepreneur. Yes, you're an independent, you're an independent contractor, you make your own hours, but you don't make the rules and you don't decide what the business does. You're beholden to a lot of rules that 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 gig is going to set forth. So we're presenting these options as a way to make some cash so that over the next year as you're building your business, you don't have to sweat it, right? Because all the stress that comes along with trying to build a business and worrying about the fact that your bank account balance is dwindling isn't fun. So put the finger in the dike with a gig from Mm. this list of 15 and you can at least buy yourself some time. Yeah, and if someone was looking for a dike, Corbett, to put a finger in, like, is there any tips that you have on on finding what? what, the, what? I hear in Holland, they, <laughs> there are a lot of them. There's lots of dikes in Holland. Yes. All right, got it. Okay, I like this idea because it's true. You've got this big dam that's about to break and a little you know, a crack coming through it and this water squirting out. And you kind of want to just like poke your hole into it and, and think about the gig in that sense in some ways, right? Just as like, we're listen, we're just keeping this thing from completely you know, blowing up as we work on this other stuff. But at the same time, I've met a lot of, I, every time I'm in an Uber uh, or a Lyft, most of the time I use Lyft because Uber has some some questionable company policies. By the way, this is this is I heard a, an entrepreneur big time like 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 a shoot the moon like one of the Google like you know moonshot guy type guys. Um, 
you know, really thinking about the future. Uh, and he was talking, he actually, he really blew my mind on this. He's like, think about it. If we wanted to have President Trump impeach, which several, like, like large swaths of the population have wanted for a very long time at this point, there's no, like, they can't, they haven't been able to get it done. But one CEO does one stupid thing and we can all delete Uber off of our app and, and immediately we have so much <laughs> right. power. So yeah. much power, right? I, I, there's, there's something about that societally that it enables a kind of, like, like the consumer does have a lot of power in a lot of ways, right? I think that, the, that there's something in these, gig, these giggy things that are it's really interesting to me because it, it's like a network mode of business instead of a... Um, Instead of a silo mode of business, for uh, I guess for lack of a better term, I don't know. It, it just it can the business can grow and shrink like based on how much actual a- actual desire there is for that that service or something, you know. And just so as a business model, it's just interesting that you could get people on your thing working for your thing, but on their own, like with, with they only get paid the work they do, you know, not not just like for being employed, so to speak. Yeah. And th- and that's a whole other episode, right? I mean, I, I'm in Europe for a few months and uh, a lot of people here won't touch Uber or, or Lyft or, or any of them because they're, you know, of a different mindset, which is people deserve more than yeah. just, you know, being a cog in that, that machine. Yeah. And they deserve the protections and, and all that sort of stuff that you get with a, with a real gig. But I think that's, um, that is for people who view driving a taxi as a career. And we're talking about opportunities and not to bring the politics or whatever into it, because we're purely seeing these things as opportunities for people who need a stepping stone to get to their next landmark, which is building a business. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I love this. All right. So, and I love your point, Corbett, about, about if you have a day, if you're really committed to being an entrepreneur, you know, your day job is just a means to an end, Right. And, and there might be better means to that end. And so this conversation is just one where we get to lay out a, a platter, a poo-poo platter, if you will. And you want to go get some dim sum? Have some poo-poo platter, right? It's just a smorgasbord. It's just a, it's like, it's like a variety of things on the table. It's a cornucopia, you know, of, of options, strategies, gigs that you can potentially supplement some of your income with. You know, but potentially head in this direction, have more freedom, more spare time, more, you know, what maybe, maybe there, maybe in these places, and this is where, this is where my question really lies on this stuff is if you can, if there's really ways to work smarter, not harder in the, in like being a Lyft or an Uber driver, I think, yeah. and honestly, the company is incentivized to make it not that way. I, I think it's like, I think the companies are actively working to squeeze as much profit as they can, uh, because that's what companies do. You know, uh, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe some of these are real woke companies and I'm excited to talk about some of these. So, so Aiden, like what else needs to be said before we start talking about these, these different options that people can sign up for just, just so they can get a little, something like maybe there's one in this list that, that really sparks your interest and you go like, Oh dang, maybe I'll check that out. And who knows three years from now you, you started with like a checkout and then now you're like, no, oh, yeah, I quit my day job. I'll just do this now. I work part time and I make as, much, make as much money as I did in my day job. I mean, that's my dream. That's my dream that this would be ha- like possible. But what are we missing still so far, Aiden, in the in the uh, setup here, if anything? The only thing that I think didn't get covered um, is the idea of gigs, I think, versus day jobs and also versus, you know, going all in on your business idea right away 
is that um, it's still work, obviously. You know, you, you're responsible to complete the task in order to get paid, but they take the pressure off the idea and the process. So you don't have to test an idea. Um, your business, there's so much testing. We we did an, an episode um, recently about about you know how to do a good test fast so that you can get to, you know, a vetted idea and some confidence quickly. Um, but that's still a lot of work, and that takes time and money if you if you uh, or just a lot of energy if you're still working your day jobs. So um, these open kind of out of the box little gigs, <clears throat> and there's so many. I mean, we've we've just harped on Uber and Lyft, but. We've got like 15 or 16 of these things right now that we're going to hit you with. Yeah. Um, so what these do, at least in my opinion, is they relieve the burden of those trials and tests and failures. You're, you're opening up something that's been proven already. Um, and what that really does, I think, is it enables your creativity to be reserved for your thing. Um, so not only does it like allow you to kind of flow state the gig and not focus your creative thoughts on the gig because it's been planned as paint by numbers kind of thing. Um, but also I think a lot of these things, you know, most of them are fully remote. So, um, you are driving around or you are at your house, or at least you have like autonomy and total sovereignty of your day. Yeah. So that, and this is the most important thing for me so that when you get inspired, you don't have to wait till five o'clock to hopefully ha still have the muse in the bottle so that when you get home, you can work on your business. Because I'll tell you what, man, that muse is elusive. And if I lose that inspiration, I may go another week or month before I, I get the same idea or get the same motivation or get the same time. Yeah. So I think with gigs, it's really, really easy you know, just to use the same example, but to be driving Uber and then all of a sudden you hear some song or you get in a conversation with somebody because Uber drivers are all pitching their stuff to everybody anyway. Mm -hmm. That's probably a really constructive space to then say, oh my gosh, I just had a breakthrough. Let me go home. Let me not drive for the next couple hours or let me just hit a cafe because I'm right here and bang out the idea because I'm inspired now, you know? Yeah. So I think that's probably the biggest thing for me about why the gig economy is a perfect little puzzle piece for your runway because yeah, it's no, still short term you know that's a really big deal like that's a great it's a it's a really big point it wasn't that i wasn't even thinking about that before but it's huge that you if you're if if you find a gig that's that works for you maybe one of the things that works for you about it is it's a little bit brainless right you're a little mm -hmm. bit just like your body's in motion you're doing the things you're driving around you're waiting for the thing you're walking the dogs you're picking them up you're taking them back you're maybe there's not a lot of maybe it's not like super draining on you in a way maybe when you're sitting there like i always obviously i'm still thinking on like lyft and, and uber because i love to drive and i love to listen to podcasts and i can easily have like a <laughs> you know one one ear uh one headphone piece in my ear <laughs> as i listen to whatever some some podcast and uh, and there's something sort of restorative and almost mellow about it. You know, there's something almost regenerative about it. There can be. And so I'm, I'm not giving away my energy to something that, that uh, I'm not giving away to much energy to things that aren't my business project. Right. Exactly. It's such a big, yeah. it's such a big point. Yeah. Versus working in an office somewhere, right. Where yeah. you're just using your brain all day and then yeah. you don't have a whole lot of cycles left. No, yeah. absolutely. Or, I mean, and you're just, and you're, you're in an office and you're, and you're, you're interacting with people and it's like, it's mm -hmm. like, you know, it's like, man, fucking Jeffrey's weird. You know, and it's like weirds me out when I talk to him and it's like, I don't even know. I like, you're just, you got all that ambivalence and all that, all that, you know, whatever. It just like starts draining, like just the people can be draining. Maybe it's maybe it's just as much draining when you've got strangers in the back of your, you know, Honda Accord or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 
And the only thing I was going to add is, is even if your day job, even if your nine to five is, is mindless and you get into flow state, um, you're still kind of in a cage, you know, you can't, um, I I'll tell you, you know, I, I would get all sorts of inspired so much in situations that just don't allow for me to depart and, and spend a little bit of that inspiration on the thing right away. I have to like really do, I can't tell you how many things I've tried to like bottle inspiration and like store it for later. And it just doesn't, I've never found an answer to that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like this. Well, I think it's time to start walking us through the list, Aiden, and you put together this, this amazing list. Let's go through it. Okay. So, um, first and foremost, I don't think we really need to get into Uber and Lyft. Everybody understands how that works. You got your car, you download the app, you drive, pick mm-hmm. people up, drop them off. You make money. Yeah. Um, you cost, kind of cost you money on, cost you money on the gas, cost you money mm-hmm. on the mileage of your car. There's like lots of expenses that way. Uh, but at the same time, you know, those are sort of soft expenses. It doesn't feel that, but it's, I don't know. I, I've never, I've never driven for Uber and Lyft. And so I don't know what the profit like actually looks like. I don't know what I'm actually going home with, but I know a, like a lot of people are doing it. A lot yeah. of people are doing it. Totally. And, and you need to, um, you know, you can, if, if you look at these gigs that we're going to talk about and think, and just purely think about, well, I'm not going to make that much money. That might be true. And you might start, the wheels might start turning and you might Mm -hmm. start thinking about like, you know, dog walking, for example. Well, maybe I should build my own dog walking business because then I'd make a lot more money. But that's not the point, right? You have another business opportunity that you want to build. So you want this to be as simple and mindless as possible. And maybe if you don't make a ton of money, it's a little bit of pressure. It's better. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. That's great. Okay, so let's start walking through them. I mean, we're, we're in, you just were saying the Uber and Lyft, people kind of already know about these ones. Yeah, people already know about those, but I think that was, that was good of you, Chase, to, to bring up kind of like, what are the costs there? Um, yeah. And you nailed it. Um, so if you are looking at the same cost, if you have the same resource, which is essentially the car, a presentable car that you can take people around in, there is more that you can do with your car than just Uber and Lyft. Um, there's this really fascinating one that I just discovered called Hop, Skip, Drive. And Hop, Skip, Drive is kind of like Uber for kids. Um, but it's like, it's a vetted, it's a little bit more vetted. Um, so it's for parents to, to like, it's almost like a private driver, right? Is uh, for parents to get their kids to and from places that, um, and they don't just want to hire an Uber or they can't just have a Lincoln Town Car at their disposal. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty cool, you know. Um, so the only other barrier to entry there, I think, is um, some sort of background check. Um, it sounds like uh, a couple of years of experience with child care. You have to have a, a certain age uh, under your belt. But otherwise, it's the same stuff, you know. It's You have to have a car. You have to be a good driver. Um I love I love so how I love how bold I love how bold and brave it is for parents to like go like all right I'm going to trust this service for picking up right. my kids cuz I like I want to live in a world like that. I do. I really do want to live in a world where I where it's like oh dude yeah we're going to have hop skip drive pick up the kids from and then take them to the soccer or whatever, you know. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. Maybe that's just absentee parenting. Um, but I just know how, if like, if I had that, that I could, that I could, <laughs> I could roll with that and it was cost effective for me. And I was able to, you know, take that meeting or finalize that video or do whatever things that we're doing that would, would enable me to be more fully present with my family later on. So I wasn't, you know, I didn't, I, I got stuff done so I could really dive in with my family later on. I don't know. Maybe the service would be would be phenomenal. I mean, it seems like it could it could be really great. Yeah, 
There's, yeah. It looks like there's a bunch of these as well uh, that are that are doing basically Uber, but for kids. It, uh, one of them I read about Bubble in Dallas exclusively employs off-duty or retired police officers. Oh. Yeah, there you go. Wow, that's interesting. So this is where that yeah. that gig economy thing is. It's like fractally exploding to where to where uh, niching, niching, it, it, niching. It's yeah. niching out. Yeah, it's like this one. This hop, skip, drive is like the Bay Area, Southern California, and Colorado Front Range area. It looks like those are the those are the places. God, the moms driving minivans on this website are just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> they're, so, oh, yeah. they're so good. Um, yeah. But that that sense of like there might be things in your in your location that 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 don't exist at, at a lot of other places, and. You know, it could be very well the case that, like, you know, I don't know what like, Eugene, Oregon happens to have like uh, a a really thriving kind of hop, skip, drive sort of deal up there, right? And so, find like one of the things about these gig economy things is finding one that that is in your area, vetting it to make to see if people are actually making any money doing that thing. You know, it'd be so great to talk to a driver for hop, skip, drive, and be like, hey, what's it actually like? Right. Or a few. Yeah. And it, before you dive right into some of this stuff, because there's that whole there. I think in some ways there's knowing what's out there. And then there's like, OK, I'm going to actually take the leap. I'm going to get into this. And for me, I would want to like if it's something like hop, skip, drive. I would want to talk to at least one, but probably hopefully a few of the drivers to get like a sense of, hey, man, what's this really like? Like, how often are you? How many hours? What kind of money are you making? What's it like to to get the the jobs from the app and stuff like that? Is it all pretty straightforward? Because I'm very yeah. curious about it all, you know? Totally. And I think one of the other things, you know, not to knock doing what you just mentioned, Chase, but the truth is, is I think, you know, by nature, these gigs are super toe dippable. You know, mm-hmm. you really can. I mean, if you don't have the time to do the research, just try it on for size. Try it yeah, for a right. week, I think, you know? Yeah. It is I, I want to see that as a subheading on one of their uh, landing pages. Yeah. Super toe dippable. Super toe dippable. <laughs> what does that mean? Toe dippable? <laughs> oh, you can dip, dip your toe easily. Toe <laughs> God, I was like, I was like, I'm sorry. Um, what plan am I on? <laughs> beg your pardon. That's yeah. so Raven. Okay. Uh, what else we got? Are more to say on hop, skip, drive? No, um, I think, you know, I'm, I'm going to try and compartmentalize these. Uh, there's a lot that are kind of like, if you have a vehicle, um, this is what you can do to monetize your vehicle. Yeah. Um, so the next thing I would I would dive into, which is really cool, a friend of mine used this recently, it's called Turo. Hmm. And Turo is, uh, is a way, it's kind of like an Airbnb for your car. So it enables you to, um, if you're a car owner, uh, rent your car out. Uh, for a price that you decide. Um, the company, I believe, carries um, most of the insurance. I'm sure there's some forms and stuff and liability waivers and legal stuff. But from what I understand, um, you know, this is this is an ability for you to, if you have kind of a snazzy or interesting car, um, I'm sure this is a better opportunity for you than to drive that car f- with people in the back seat. It's more like letting people rent your car. Um yeah, if you've got if you got some swanky weird vehicle, if you got a a Westphalia, if you got a an old bug, I'm sure people people want to try those things out, you know. Well, yeah, that's crazy. I remember in Portland there was a bunch of uh billboards for this thing, Turo, T U R O. And we'll have links to all of these in at the show notes for this episode, which will be for you at fizzleshow.co/308. So you'll that's where you'll find links to to all of these uh as we keep going. The the other cool thing about Turo is they have 
like rare and and other kinds of cars that you wouldn't be able to rent normally if you're looking to rent a car they have sports cars and all that kind of stuff which is pretty cool and uh we should mention this is not the only company that's doing that sort of thing there are others so anytime you're interested in this kind of gig you know check it out and see if there's other companies out there that might offer more favorable terms to the uh people running the gigs yeah Yeah. that's a great point because yeah i mean it is like Chase was saying, what do you say, fractal explosion? Yeah. That's, that's exactly great. what's going on. It's what life and does. Also, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's the same thing that life does. It's just biomimicry, man. It's the way biology works. Oh, like it's the way it. trees branch. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Um, and actually, I did want to come back to something you said, Corbett, which uh, I think was a good point, which was that... Well, um, thank you. <laughs> you're very welcome. Um, don't get too excited if it's not something up your alley to go and try and do this for yourself, like start your own thing. But it is probably, it's still a good idea to kind of keep in the back of your mind. If you're enjoying one of these gigs and it's providing the lifestyle that really truly is your answer, but you see a niche, it might be worth exploring that a little bit, you know? So don't, don't, uh, don't say absolutely no, but yeah. What were well, maybe, what, what are the other things to consider there, Corbett? If they well, were and I, th- I think maybe maybe what you're suggesting is there might be a niche that you could start exactly. a gig economy business in, not just like being a dog walker yourself, but right. starting maybe a a business that hires other dog walkers. Well, that that's sort what's of thing. developing. I, I totally agree. That's what's developing yeah. this conversation for me, realizing that, like, I mean, if I could do part of my job. By letting other people get paid to do part of that job only when they do it in some measurable way or something like that mm-hmm. where you didn't have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're sort of checking in and checking out on their own dime. And they're, somehow the app and the technology is the one transit, do, like managing all the transactions of like who's doing what and all that stuff. I mean, that's, that's, it's just fascinating. It's just fascinating. It's a way of, it's a way of putting our worker ants to work. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, hey, I need a job. Put me to work. It's like, all right, fire up your phone and click sign in. You know, and now you're working. This is a little bit like, <laughs> like a part of me wants to go like, we did, people deserve better. And part of me wants to go like, dude, we're so lucky. <laughs> you right, know, right. it's a, it's, it's a, it's a real weird, it's, it's a weird, it's a funky feeling though, because, because working for some of these, I mean, you do, there is something, uh, potentially, at least the, re- the, the story out there is for like Uber drivers is the big story. It's kind of dehumanizing in some ways. You know, you're just not treated like very respectfully. And so you're, you're a driver for this company. And, and so there's just, I don't know, there's just some complications that were, where it seems like societally we're still working out there, but I don't know, maybe it's not that complicated. Maybe it isn't. Maybe it's like, <laughs> like one of the things I keep thinking about, maybe this is crappy of me, but I'm like, dude, when you're, when you're an Uber or a Lyft driver, you're competing with immigrants. You're competing with the hardest working people on the planet, yeah. <laughs> basically, yeah, absolutely. right? Like, and not that it's necessarily competing, but like you're driving around this one part in downtown LA with like 40 other dudes from, you know, India, Pakistan, Vietnam, Laos, uh, where, where, wherever in the world. And they're just hustling. They're working it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. They weren't, they weren't uh, born with a handicap of laziness. Listen, it's important that, that we identify again. these handicaps, you know, because I, I don't know. I had video games growing up, right? It's like, how many kids have video games growing up these days, right? You know, you know uh, the kind of laziness this country is inheriting in the next 40 oh years? Woo. Woo. 
<laughs> um, we've got a sponsor for this episode, Corbett. Why don't you read uh, read to us a little bit about Boy, uh, about who's who's bringing us who's bringing us the Fizzle Show today? That's right. If you have a business or know someone who does, you probably know that small business owners wear a lot of hats, and some of those hats are totally great. But some, like filing taxes or running payroll, for example, they're not so great. And that's where Gusto comes in. Gusto makes payroll taxes and HR actually easy for small businesses. Fast, simple payroll processing benefits and expert HR support all in one place. Gusto automatically pays and files your federal, state, and local taxes so you don't have to worry about it. Plus, they make it easy to add on health benefits and even a 401k for your team. Those old school clunky payroll providers just weren't built for the way modern small businesses work. But Gusto is. Plus, listeners of The Fizzle Show get three months free when they run their first payroll. So try a demo and see for yourself at gusto.com slash fizzle. That's gusto.com slash fizzle. All right. That's gusto.com slash fizzle. Thank you to Gusto, not only for providing our own payroll, but for supporting small businesses all across the U.S. And uh, and I don't know, for supporting it, like indie business and the fizzle show itself. I just I like mm. companies that are serving our people. All right, y'all. So we've got we've got like a handful. Of, we're just beginning in here. So what's next? Next, uh, the final. I think one of the final kind of like vehicle related ones. Uh, it's called Dolly, and Dolly is uh, you know you ever <laughs> you get that one friend that has the truck, and that one friend hates all of his friends because every time any friend needs to move, he's like the guy. Uh-huh. Um, so this this company is a solution to that by. Uh, you know, allowing that guy or anybody else that has kind of a large-ish vehicle um, to rent it out for people that need to move stuff. Mm, nice, um, nice. Yeah. So, so that is, uh, and then also, I think it is a marketplace for people with big muscles that want to use them to move. Mm-hmm. So, not only not only can you use your buddy's truck, um, but he doesn't have to do the moving either because because there's a whole network of people that are are willing to do that. Chase, you uh, you had this app a long time ago in Portland. What was it called? It was just called uh, Wes. <laughs> yeah, there's a guy called Wes. <laughs> there's a guy called Wes who my wife single handedly oh. turned him into a business. <laughs> I heard about this. How did I? Why did I hear about? You this? heard about Wes? You heard yeah. about Wes? Most people in Portland probably are getting starting to catch wind of Wes. It's uh, anyways, it's yeah. Wind. It was just it, he just. <laughs> He just didn't he have work. Truck and <laughs> he didn't have work, dude. And and Melissa, my wife, worked with him on. Uh, I think he was an inspector. He was maybe might have been a home inspector at some point or doing something. And and it was just like he had just kind of fallen on some some hard times for a moment. And so you know we had stuff that we needed to get taken to the dump. And and so Melissa was like was just like let's hire West to do it. Like I got a guy who I think can do that. And then we started <laughs> telling our friends about him. Dude, it's the best thing. It's like, so you know, great. that guy from 1-800-GOT-JUNK is like a really yeah. big, like, speaker. Like, you know, he's yeah. really all over. It's, one, it's a very fascinating business. The business is white people have things they want to get rid of. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? God, the business is, is we're so, like, like, like we're going to pay you to take our garbage that we, that we paid a lot of money for, like old Ikea or Target furniture or something like that. Just stuff that we've outgrown and you don't need. Every one of our friends has basically hired Wes at some point to just, like, you just make, make a pile as you do some spring cleaning. <laughs> And you go, Wes, come on over. We're ready for you. (laughs) So if you don't have a Wes, the, uh, 
What, what's the new equivalent of that? Dolly. 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 <laughs> totally. And yeah. Dolly, what a great, what a great example of a brand too. Just Dolly. This is a great, I don't know. My head's kind of, kind of turning on that. It's just like, okay, what is a, you know, a hand truck or a Dolly is like a thing that you use when you do the kinds of work like this. And they, they created a brand out of it called Dolly. It has, it's playful. It's fun. Um, I don't know. Just an interesting brand example. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's fascinating. And, you know, I think they're, they've actually, They've actually developed some clout. It's looking like I think they've they've got a partnership with Airbnb. I'm sorry, uh, Crate and Barrel. Mm. Um, so they are definitely making moves. Uh, might be, you know. I mean, this is another thing about these companies is you know they're kind of being vetted by the market already. So um, yeah, no, super cool, Dolly. Yeah. Um, now the only other thing that I think might be vehicle related would be both Postmates and uh, and Amazon Flex. I think everybody kind of knows what Postmates is. Um, but, uh, well, for but yeah, people just, who don't just, just explain it real quick. Yeah. Uh, from what I understand, it's, um, it's just like you are just a delivery driver, um, and companies that, or restaurants mostly, I think, um, or grocery stores, uh, that don't have uh, delivery services can simply get signed up with Postmates. And then there's a, a group of people that are kind of like individual contractors for Postmates and they'll just take things to and from places. Um, you can definitely be a bicyclist on Postmates too. So if you are uh, in the resource department of bicycle rather than car, this may be your answer. Yeah, and then yeah. Amazon Flex is—is is it just—is that the Amazon delivery guys? No. So Amazon Flex is um, it is <clears throat> yeah, you are uh, a package delivery person. Okay. So you um, it's kind of like. I don't know, man. I mean, this is, I can't imagine this, this opportunity is going to last long when they roll out their drone program. Um, <laughs> None but, of these uh, opportunities are lasting very right. long. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think Get it deal. while it's available. This, yeah. <laughs> you know, one time only. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's really just, you know, you get a, some sort of certification with Amazon uh, and you deliver the packages, you um, know, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. They, um, uh, they say on their website here, make 18 to $25 per hour delivering packages with Amazon, be your own boss, set your own schedule and have more time to pursue your goals and dreams. It's ding, like ding, they ding, listen. Ding. So they know exactly who they're talking to. Right. Yeah. It's or, like, yeah or, or here's exactly one reason what, to supplement your runway. Exactly what, uh, you know, I don't know. Exactly you gotta, what, people, want, what yeah. people are looking for. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Hey, I've got one uh, I want to interject here before Shoot. you move on, Aiden. And that is a company that uh, a good friend of the Fizzle Show actually is um, the COO of now, and that is Ryan Delk over at Omni. Yeah. And I bring up Omni because this is a different kind of gig in a way. Uh, Omni allows you to store items with them. So let's say you have stuff in your house that's valuable, but you don't have room to store it. And you want to send it somewhere. You don't necessarily want to rent a whole storage unit. With Omni, you get an app, you push a button, somebody comes to your house, they pick up your bicycle or whatever it is, they take it away and store it for you. You pay for storage, a limited amount. It's a couple dollars a month, something like that. However, if you want the thing back, you push a button, it comes back to your house, you use it for the weekend. But the cool thing about Omni, and one of the reasons this is so innovative, is that they also allow you to rent out your items to other people on the network. So that bicycle that you have that's gathering dust in your house, 
that you don't have room for anymore, you might be able to put it up at Omni and then start making a little bit of income from this thing. And the way that people are using this, rumor is, from Ryan and others, is that people have figured out there are certain things that are renting really well on Omni and they are buying a bunch of them and shipping them there, even though they don't own them already or don't have mm. a need for them themselves. They're figuring out things like wedding chairs or wheelchairs or whatever is doing well in the app. So there may be some opportunities there. And those kinds of things are interesting because you aren't spending your time sitting in a car driving exactly. people around. You just have some stuff that's making some extra cash. Yeah. And also, what's super interesting about that is that so far we've been talking about the resource of a vehicle to is is needed to to do these other things, and that's a heavy investment. But I mean, we're, what you just mentioned is like, okay, your your asset is a chair. Mm-hmm. It is literally five folding chairs. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I mean, you can hustle to your heart's content on something like that. That's a fascinating little platform. Um, and yeah, and I mean, I I love this like infrastructure for the sharing economy that's kind of being built out we'll do another episode on on the sharing economy and how to how to how to do that because i think we're in the last wave of ownership is my theory Mm -hmm. with the world is that you know my my kids um and my kids kids they won't they won't own cars they might not own houses um and the whole definition of it all of a sudden you know 100 years later people are going to look back and be like why did people own stuff yeah. I just use my buddy's bike. You know, <laughs> he doesn't use it all the time. Why why would I own one? Why would he own one? Yeah. It's like the, you know, communal bicycle. So I'm I'm excited about that. Um and then to dovetail out of that into uh what I believe is kind of the the poster child for the sharing economy is is Airbnb. Um which again we probably all know about, but if you if you don't somehow that is you renting rooms or your house um out uh, in exchange for uh, for people living in it, you mm. know, it's kind of like your own little personal hotel. Yeah, um, I'm actually kind of personally um, in the midst of figuring out how to do this with my tiny home in Portland. And um, what is an interesting thing about Airbnb? There is there is a lot of legality that that you it's it's tough. It, it depends on the kind of moral compass you have, but something like eighty to ninety percent of Airbnbs nationwide are actually illegal. <laughs> Um, but there's no real way to enforce it. So it's, uh, it's, it's definitely a a nice way to make some additional income, but, uh, I think, I think there's going to continue to be a lot of changing rules in that world. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's, and that's not to say that, um, that you can't operate legally and still make a decent amount of money in Portland. The, the rule now, or the rule has been that, and this is true of a lot of places, you can rent your primary residence up to 90 days a year. So even if you're operating under those constraints, you know, and this is your primary residence and you've gotten the permit like you're supposed to, uh, you could still earn up to 90 days worth of income for your primary residence. And if you have a I don't know about a tiny home, but definitely if you have like a little mother-in-law apartment or something on premises, that's not subject necessarily to the 90 days. And we have tons of friends who are making a ton of cash doing Airbnb. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, people on this call included. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also know of people who have rented out their own house or apartment sort of opportunistically whenever they get a, a decent booking for the amount that they're looking for. They'll just take off for the weekend and stay somewhere else or go yeah, stay with the a friend or, or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Funds a, funds a staycation. Yeah, that's super cool. 
Um, and again, so this is this is one more example of of something that requires kind of a hefty resource. Uh, most people, you know, and there are people that do this with their rental properties that they're just renting their apartments. So there's a lot of ways that you could slice this depending on where you stand. That's for you to decide. We're not going to be the arbiter of and, right and, and wrong. Where you, and where you live, and, and, and where what you the, live, the actual rules are. Right. Um, but but one other thing that's interesting and related to Airbnb is this um, is this uh, service called One Fine Stay. So say you, you really like Airbnb, uh, you love that little model, and you know that there's a lot of money to be made, and you're in one of those areas where you just know so many people that are doing it. Uh, one Fine Stay is kind of like, uh, it seems to be the maid service, like a conglomeration of people that are that are you know, setting up the Airbnb for somebody else. So going in there, doing the doing the laundry, um, setting the place up, buying the little soaps and, and things like that. And um, and that is plugging you into the Airbnb ecosystem so that you um so that you can uh, kind of get familiar with it or, or maybe just make a little bit uh, more money later. <clears throat> you know what? I'm uh I may need to actually correct myself there um i was looking at okay no that that is what it is um their website was a little bit um was a little bit misleading to me because i think one fine stay is another booking service like airbnb but their network of giggers if you will um can come in there and be the ones to prepare it like a hotel. Cause yeah, we go to one and it's like, Oh, enjoy the finest homes and services all around the world. Um, but, uh, from what I understand, you can be one of those people that create the homes fineness, I guess. Nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, so yeah. Yeah. And, uh, if anyone from one fight stays listening to this, then, um, you should, uh, maybe clarify things a little bit. The correction. <laughs> <laughs> like it. Totally. Totally, totally. So, um, ready for the next? Yeah, yeah let's, let's do, do it. it. All right. You guys are doing a poor job distracting me. You guys, <laughs> you, you spoke a big game. No, no, no. This is all part of our, this is all part of the, the plan. We're going to like, you know, <laughs> make you wonder the what the, one. what's wrong. Yeah. You're going to start thinking something's wrong and then yeah, right. <laughs> it's too quiet. Exactly. Um, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if you listened way, way back when, but the pause block was, yeah. was legendary man, for throwing people off their game. Man, so. man, people don't know how much of the podcast game we invented right here in Fizzle headquarters. Yeah. A grand day. That's right. I mean, now that that move is uh used far and wide. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, well played. All right, what do we got chemistry. next? Okay, so your guys favorite Maybe Corbett, you want to tell us a little bit about Rover, even though they're not sponsoring today. Who are they and what do they do? Yeah, we love Rover. They've sponsored the Fizzle Show several times. And uh, Rover is a way for you to earn money, basically, by walking or watching dogs. They have an app and uh, for people who have dogs and need those dogs to be watched because they're headed out of town or because they have a job and want their dog to get some exercise during the day, uh, they open up that app and find someone who lives in their neighborhood who's been uh, reviewed and is willing to do that for in exchange for a small fee. So you can uh, basically just start snuggling dogs in your own home and get paid for it, which is pretty cool. Mm. Yeah. No, that, and I always thought that was like such a cool little thing. You know, like the stuff that we've talked about so far is 
is uh, is cool, hustly. You know, you can do do all that stuff. But I can't think of anything <laughs> more enjoyable um, if I was a gigger in this economy to uh, to just you know walk and spend some times with with a lot of little animals. Well, yeah, that's the so. thing. It's like you know when you're making a film. Like if, if you watch, uh, I remember this happened in Rocky. I think it was Rocky Four. It was like the first like Rocky they made after a big long break of making Rockies. The first one in there, he's like, I think he like has a restaurant or something like that. And one of the one of the like this was within the first like minute or two of the movie. Um, he he like he's shown interacting with a dog and giving a dog actually some some like food or something like that and it's just because it's like it's like this way that we show that this character has a heart and actually cares about things is is like they're interacting with a dog dogs are like the dogs are (laughs) dogs are like the most special animal to us in some ways in the whole like animal world because they're the things that were wild and now at like to to uh, like now they're all domesticated <laughs> they're literally like we right. did this to we created a dog <laughs> we created dog out of wolf you know however many thousands of years ago <laughs> and, we invented dog yeah. we invented dog out of wolf and so it's like uh, you know we, we've got this special affinity for the thing and if you can actually make money walking dogs what a what a, i mean obviously they can be they can be wild animals as well but uh but man how how sweet can that be that what a what a great way to make it you know a few extra bucks a week yeah yeah and another uh another example of a of a fierce animal that was recently domesticated um the next one is task rabbit mm, um fierce animal <laughs> uh but task rabbit is not is not the same as as rover though there should be yeah. uh another just for rabbits so it's, it's a big enough niche i think sure. um but uh but task rabbit is kind of kind of interesting because i think it might be the widest, uh, widest uh, kind of opportunity here because I think they do kind of everything. You know, the, the classic example on TaskRabbit that you hear is um, is you can be the guy that puts together IKEA furniture for somebody that doesn't want to do it. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's um, it's essentially like things like mounting and installing TVs, moving and packing, assembling furniture, being a general handyman. Um, yeah, they have and, cleaning. Uh, uh, right? We've mm-hmm. we've hired people to do uh, like bartending at parties, you know, that oh, sort of cool. thing as well. They ha- so they have hospitality people also and, and uh, everything in between. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of literally everything. I almost wonder if, uh, you know, we, we were talking about the kind of the fractal niche explosion that's been happening. I wonder, I wonder how many of these things that we've just talked about uh, and how many more are going to explode out of um, a, a heavily rented task rabbit task, you know, and then become their own platform and things like that. Um, I would imagine, you know, it sounds like Rover might've, might've actually been one of those things, you know, mm. um, there were enough might, people yeah, doing dog walking, you know, yeah. imagine, I'm just imagining a world where, uh, let's see, you are renting your car on Turo, your house on Airbnb, you're doing tasks and then watching dogs at night and, um, just cleaning house at the <laughs> yeah. end of the day. Clean in house. <laughs> totally. But not actually cleaning any houses, or no. are you also cleaning? Or maybe houses? you're also doing that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's uh it's very it's re- I think it's I would love to hear from people. I would I would almost imagine that that a good amount of our fizzlers have some experience with some of these, and I wonder if there's one fabled listener out there that is doing exactly what you said, and if if you are, yeah, running like four us up, yeah. yeah. Totally. I would be so curious to hear who out there is is doing this and supplementing their income with it. Yeah. Um, all right. On to the next. Um, so have you guys, you guys have seen the show Parks and Rec, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
you remember uh, Aziz Ansari's little uh, little business, Rent a Swag, yeah. where he yeah. was renting because he's really small. He was renting all of his really fancy clothes to like high I'm school like, high school yeah. kids for prom. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. So, so there's something real like that. Um, it's called Closet Collective, um, and it's it's kind of like I think it's one part consignment. And I couldn't find their website. I think their website's like down right now, or they got kind of, they let it expire and they got scooped. But um, I think there's ways to kind of get at them on social. Weird. We'll find- <laughs> Hold on. I can't <laughs> recommend this to anybody. If, if, is if you literally go to closetcollective.com and it says just another John's metal detectors sites site. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hello, yeah. world. Yeah. Welcome I to John's it's metal detectors. Thing, it says. Dude, this is crazy. No, take it off the hey, list. Well- <laughs> okay. Okay. Take that. Take that one off the list. But I'll I'll give you a, another to to supplement. Yes, if, if you're interested in earning money from from your clothing, uh, and that is Poshmark. I think a lot of people have been using this recently. It's kind of like an eBay for clothing. And uh, I know my sister in law has been doing pretty well with Poshmark. Really? By, yeah. By. Uh, cleaning out her friends and family's closets and putting stuff up there and, and making money or, or splitting the proceeds with people. So um, if you've got extra stuff, you know, or if you're doing the Marie Kondo thing, then you might want to check out. Right. right. Wow. That's interesting. See, I feel like it was like my moral responsibility to take my clothes to goodwill. Do you know what I mean? I feel like this is like, isn't this what what, what we're supposed to, you know, you know what happens when you take it to, to goodwill, right? I don't know. People with disabilities get jobs. <laughs> no, it gets like flown to Africa, and piles and piles and piles of arc shitty old T-shirts are just like taking up landfill space over there now. Oh boy! Oh no! Oh boy! All right. Point taken. Um, we'll take so, Goodwill off the list then. Take Goodwill off the list. No, don't don't take Goodwill off the list. But just <laughs> do your research. You know, if you want to yeah. if you want to be woke and you want to Marie Kondo your shit. Uh, but John's <laughs> metal detectors sites also looks interesting. So we might want to. I know, I know. So leave it on the list. Just uh, it's a different thing now. Is what yeah. it is. Totally. So, uh, okay. Good. Poshmark. Now we got a new one. Yeah. There you go. Okay. So Poshmark instead of Closet Collective. But this is less um, of a giggy sort. Of, I mean, it is. No, it's a, yeah. it's exactly a giggy sort of thing. I mean, because yeah. it's exa- you're doing it in your spare time. You're putting stuff up there. I mean, if you if you took it seriously, who knows? I mean, I don't know how much they're. They're selling stuff, but there's, there's a lot of like Lululemon and Athletica type stuff on here, right? Like that, you know, mm-hmm. that stuff will, will last a, I don't know, we could get a little, little money, but then you're buying it. You got to make sure you get the right size. It's just interesting. It's a way to get good stuff for affordable prices. It's kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, and is that, is that a rental service? Is that like, no, or it's, is it no, it's like, you're actually buying and selling? Yeah. It's gotcha, buying gotcha. and selling. Yeah. No, I, I'll, uh, I hope, I hope Closet Collective still exists because that's, uh, I just want Aziz Ansari's business to actually be legit in real in the real world. <laughs> I just need one of Jim's metal detectors star- sites site. <laughs> we know where your head's at, Chase. <laughs> yeah. All right, what's um, next? So, uh, so there's a, a category of um, this is kind of where it start. Uh, maybe I'll leave that for for last. But there's a category of like where the gigs start becoming kind of like the freelance service based entrepreneurship things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we get there. Um, a couple things. One, one is really simple. Um, tool locker. Um, I need to find that, that URL again. Um, actually I'm not sure if they have, yeah, here we go. Toollocker.com. Um, no, I can't recommend that either. Gosh. Oh no. Well, anyway, if you want to start a business, 
Will you rent tools? <laughs> what? You should call a tool locker. Well, I don't know, man. I don't know. They disappeared quickly. Wow, it's a, really? It's that, a rabbit eat rabbit world out there. All it right? is rabbit eat rabbit. So, okay, what else you got? <laughs> okay, we're we're Next. updating this, this live, cool. folks. Um, like so, these, these these things are literally going out of business as we speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Um, so this is a really cool one. Um, so Feastly, eatfeastly.com is a marketplace for pop-ups for chefs. So if, I, I don't know uh, really off the top oh, of my head how cool. many kind of Like you personal... have somebody come over and cook in your home sort of thing? Yeah, or if you're, if you are a, um, yeah, you can like, you can, you can rent chefs for pop-ups, right? Nice. So, um, so that's what, that's what we as the consumer would, would go to the service for. But if you are a chef yourself and, um, and, you know, maybe your, your ultimate goal is, or the, or the stepping stones are kind of like uh, doing some some personal chefing, then a food truck, then kind of like a, a real restaurant. Um, this might fit into your trajectory nicely as kind of the, I don't have a kitchen yet. I don't have anything like that, but I still have the chops to do some really cool, um, delicious stuff as long as the infrastructure is provided. So I think um, that's cool. what I can understand. Uh, it's definitely, I think wow. even, yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you seeing? The- Laura and Syat in San Francisco have 4,334 reviews. Wow. For, yeah, look at this. For, for chefing. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it's a market. It's almost like a social network for chefs that you can hire, yeah. you know, one off. Mm-hmm. Now I just have to become a chef and then I can work on Feastly. Yeah, yeah seriously. Easy. This is awesome, is though. <laughs> this is killer. Hopefully there's some good, like, sous chefs out there working some lines somewhere who actually have some good skills, Can't, you know, and don't want to start up their own restaurant, but they they can you know, they could put stuff together that's, here. That's a great point. And like, you know, if you're, if you're working in a restaurant right now, you know how hard that job is, how yeah, long right. the hours are, and you can't take days off, right? You know, right. if you're, if you're essential there. So this could be a great way to get out of that gig, still use your skills, still get paid a decent amount for knowing what you know, uh, but really being able to set your own days and hours and stuff. That's amazing. It makes me want to hire yeah. one of these people for, a, for just like, maybe you want to put it together a dinner party just so I can hire someone. Yeah, right. Look like Invite a mouse. Me, please. Yeah. Um and yeah, and I think that's that's super super interesting too because I think this is a great example of uh a opportunity that so so many people are super passionate about um cooking but has like this dismal lifestyle track record, right? Um so it seems to almost be offering a potential solution to the only downside that that this typical career has had, which is just awful, awful, like working super hard, super high stress. Not that that's bad. I mean, you, that's, you know, you need pressure to make a diamond, right? Um, but if you can be an amazing chef and have this amazing life and the pressure is low and you get to be really creative, that's where I think, that's where I think the creativity can blossom when, when the pressure isn't always on. So I, I'm really excited about that. I'm going to have my eyes on that myself. See where they go. Nice. Um, <clears throat> so, okay. So the last category, which you guys are probably most familiar with, dear listeners, um, is things like Upwork. Um, now, the only other things that I'll throw at you are a couple fractal niches that have probably exploded out of Upwork. Um, and uh, so Upwork, I think, Chase, did you did you ever do Upwork stuff? I never did Upwork, no. I, and I never hired through Upwork either, um, but I did a lot of freelance work. You know, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So Upwork is, I think, kind of like an all-in-one marketplace. My wife kills it on Upwork. She's an email automation strategist, and 
she has found that wow. there is not a lot of other people on there. She can charge whatever she wants, and uh, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, but I think what probably happens, so there's a lot of uh, web designers, uh, regular designers, uh, probably filmmakers, um, a lot of creative crafts I see on Upwork a lot. Um, but the the ones that I'm most excited about are um, these two other ones. One is called Hello Tech, and one is called Spare Hire. Mm. Um, and these are platforms that are specified for uh, tech professionals um, to do tech consulting and services. Um, so that can be as simple as probably like uh, what is the what is the Best Buy thing? The Geek Squad. The Geek uh, Squad. Right. It's probably like uh, it's it's a little um, platform for you as a Geek Squad person um, to get plugged into you know some Angie's List thing kind of uh, where people can look and, and hire you directly. Nice. And then, that's that's Hello Tech. That's Hello Tech. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, it looks like you've got computer support services, smart home services. So you can kind of uh, be the guy that sets everybody up with their with their uh, <laughs> Alexa configuration. <laughs> I could totally do all of this. <laughs> sure. Right. You know? you know, I mean, and it's funny because most of us, most of us in the entrepreneurial world kind of by default have to get familiar with a lot of this stuff if we're going to make any money online. Um, and so we're acquiring this skill that now looks like it's directly translatable in a one-off service thing. So oh, this, man, this I'm is sure great. This is so basically. Do you have parents? Do you, you should work parents? for Hello I was going the same way. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> this is like hire a son for yes. <laughs> for your for your mom and dad. This right. is great. Yeah. No, it's super. <laughs> Look, it's, it's like perfect. people love us on Yelp. <laughs> this is just like a total boomer business. I love this. Ah, this so, it's, yeah, so and perfect, it's so smart because the boomers Neat. have money. They would love to learn how to FaceTime, and you right. can be the one that teaches them how, right? And they're literally finally out of favors from their children. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Just, oh, when, you, yeah. when you've arrived there, go to Hello Tech. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Perfect. that's killer. And then Spare yeah. Hire is the same, is a, is a, is a different thing. It's like, uh, it's more of like a so tech. Spare Hire. No, Spare Hire is kind of like high powered business consulting. Okay. Um, so, this is maybe kind of what you were doing, Corbett, back in the day. Um, but if you had but for independence, had, it's like you can you could hire a CFO or a strategist or something for your for your company if you need exactly it. on a short term basis, kind of like in a in a triage um, kind of scenario, I would imagine. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is this is pretty this is pretty high high tech or, or high uh, high powered looking. You know, we've got um, um, yeah, I think they've got some sort of. I don't know if that's a partnership with LinkedIn, but um, they're definitely integrated into LinkedIn and probably the way that um, in, in their like job search platform. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, I mean this is this is an interesting thing for for my company, my agency. Um, in addition to a lot of the executable design stuff, we do a lot of upfront strategy, um, mm-hmm. which borders on like business development strategy. Um, but you know, all of these things, these things like accounting, finance, um, presentation materials, um, marketing sales decks, operations and it and data analytics, like getting those things set up is, I would imagine for my clients, they're not going to Upwork to find people like that, you know? No, um, true. and they're, they're also probably not going to their temp agency because that's also kind of a big chunk of change out the door, um, to get somebody temporarily, um, that they, they also want to be pretty high qualified. So I think this is probably solving that, uh, that need right there. Um, and also making sure that if they want to actually continue with these people, there's not that like 
20% of a salary payout to the agency. Um, Man, I think it's crazy looking at, looking at the yeah. people on this thing, like marketing pros and there there's, it's just like everybody's got some degree from somewhere and they've been a communications yeah. and marketing professional with 20 plus experience in the, I don't know. It's just, it's just honestly, it feels like a sad group of people. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you know, there's like something about it. That's same. like, like, Oh no. Like, I don't know. I, I yeah, just hopefully don't it's know. not just people who are out of work. Uh, right. You know, instead maybe it's, maybe it's people and, and, you know, to keep in mind why we're recommending these, uh, we're trying to, you know, offer up options for people who are looking to build a business and want to earn some money on the side. And wouldn't it be cool if you had marketing experience and a big Fortune 500 company to be able to ditch that job and work like 10 hours a week or something, getting paid a decent amount so that you can spend the rest of the time on your own business? Yeah. Okay. Totally. So here's what I want to know from you guys. I want to know, Corbett, if you were, if you were to head into one of these uh, right now, or maybe a couple, the, 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 the one or two that you would research and start diving into, what would they be? Well, uh, if I was building an online business, knowing that I am likely going to be acquiring a bunch of useful skills like web design, um, email marketing, all that kind of stuff, yeah. then I personally would be and have been in the past inclined to find a place where I can offer those specific skills because okay. I'm already doing it for my business. And so I might as well. And and uh, I could imagine throwing up a profile on Upwork. So you're talking about Upwork, right? That's what I'm imagining yeah. is you'd be on Upwork. Um, I love, I love the, I want to really want to see you at hello tech. Hi, can I help you? I'm here to install your nest system. I'd <laughs> <laughs> be oh, fun, yeah. right? Thank it would be pretty great, dude. Pretty mindless in some was, ways. What about you, Aiden? <laughs> if you had to do one, where, where would you be? So, uh, well, I'll just speak from my own experience right now. And it's interesting. I am a little burnt. If I was looking at kind of another thing to, to transition me out of out of somewhere that I have been in the past, um, I probably wouldn't do Upwork because my skill set, I think, is overrepresented on Upwork. Mm -hmm. So I would, um, and I am, I'm, in, I'm interested in Airbnb right now, um, mm -hmm. maybe Tura. Um, and so I like to browse it and see what, see what weird stuff I could get my hands into. Because for me, I always go through this really, really weird bouncing back and forth between if my job is very right brained, I need like a left brained hobby. Yeah. And if I'm doing too much creative work, then I need like my, then my hobby becomes like researching cryptocurrencies and, <laughs> and blockchain, you know? <laughs> totally. yeah. um, so, so it's like, I'm always like vacillating between the thing that I'm obligated to spend time on. I cannot do um, as a side hustle or, or a passion thing. Yeah. Um, and I think I would look at um, just to kind of speak to, so that's what I would do. However, um, I would probably I would probably throw my hat in the ring at spare hire because I'm really confident I could make my ends work uh, my ends meet there because mm -hmm. my skill set is is definitely yeah, there. Yeah, well, you and could I be think, the only person on there that isn't in a suit. You know that that right. could get you standing out. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll just go up there naked. Right. Hey, look at me. <laughs> Try not to hire me. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I think. I think uh, just to, I, I know I want to speak a little bit just on spare hire real quick, because I think there are, I would wager to say that our message at Fizzle is pretty attractive to people that are making a good amount of money in the corporate world, but are like day by day, just crushing their soul just a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, I think it's really, really hard for those people to take the full leap 
because they they you know they're going from you know six figure plus salary to real uncertainty and so up until recently i haven't seen a really good platform to freelance market those skills and uh and i think that might be a real kind of low impact or like pain as painless as possible way to kind of keep using the skills that they're good at while creating the flexibility in their lives that enables their creativity blossom for the first time in 10 years so um i mean that's that's why i would go to spare hire uh, yeah. would be would be just to make sure that like I still have something that I can inject my expenses with when I need to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I'm just looking at like Upwork <clears throat> and seeing these like copywriter jobs or and just like how many people need like to redo their website and they need copywriting for it. It's like Yeah. I'd probably throw my hat in that ring on Upwork as well, I think Corbett. Um I think and 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 maybe spare hire. I think there's a potential. I don't know. I'm just looking at it for the first time. So there's this potential where spare hire could, I mean, the good thing is with an enterprise world, like I can convince someone I'm worth, I'm worth so much more <laughs> than, than somewhere yeah. else. You know, I can just be like, yeah. listen, you guys, need, you guys need something really, you guys need something hip, fresh and cool. And that's, you you found them. I mean, just look at my beard. Just yeah. <laughs> look at my beard. Okay, so I there's there's morning. fifteen. There's I think we've we've gone a little over fifteen of of these uh, gig economy places where you can you can start figuring out how you're going to earn a little extra money on the side, right? Um, where like really quickly in closing here. Um, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You think, like, like Aiden said, most of these, what you can do is you can kind of just dive in and try it out. It's it, you could mm-hmm. you could sit and you they're could toe dippable. They're, they're very toe dippable, right? You can sit and you can stew on it and think about, hmm, what's going to go right about this? What's going to go wrong about this? You could try to talk to people who are currently doing it and see what the results are, right? Um, maybe you get some insight. Maybe you could do both. Maybe you could jump in in some small and meaningful way and do a little research and talk to some of the top performers in that, you know, just get, get some feedback on like, Hey, what are you doing? That's working. What have you learned about being on Upwork? Cause you're going to find, if you're, for instance, on Upwork, you're going to find, you know, what I would do is I would go look at a bunch of top performers, uh, you know, the top rated people's profiles. And I would just kind of like have, I would recreate a version of, of that in some way, you know? And, and Mm -hmm. cause, Everywhere and every one of these tools, people are looking for specific things. Again, you you do have you, like so much of the work is done for you. Uh, like on an Upwork, you, there people are searching an Upwork and they're looking for your skills, and you happen to be there next to well, however many you know five or five hundred other people, or maybe five thousand other people who have the same skills, right, or the same kind of skill. At least that they, they say that on paper, and you need to stand out in there, right? So learning how to be chosen there is the same thing with an Uber and a Lyft, where it's like, where are you haunting and hanging around such that you might get chosen to pick up someone nearby, right? I learned so much about that talking to Uber and Lyft drivers over the years just like when to go out where to go out and and how much you can expect to to be making you know but um i hope this conversation has been super helpful for you guys out there because as you know our goal here is just to help you actually successfully get your business off the ground and these gig economy uh opportunities are interesting for that definitely uh, I'm I'm like the world's oldest millennial, so I'm like really reticent to do this, <laughs> and and I'm uh, and I've I've also like been working in my career for for a long time in a specific direction. So 
I don't find myself in this space. But if I was in this space, which is not unlikely for me to find, to end up being like, I, daddy might be an Uber driver at some point. Yeah. <laughs> Cause daddy's a YouTuber. So that means there's no such thing as security for you or your sister. But <laughs> like, cause what is YouTube anyways? And how is this paying our bills? But the, the, the point being like, this is a, a this is not going away. As I think the, I think the thing here, I think, I think we're in a, we're maybe like in an adolescent or a very early iteration of what these gig economy type things look like. But this is, this is, why not maybe throw your hat in the ring and try some stuff out if it's going to give you, uh, some results that are meaningful in your life, like more time, more energy, more, et cetera, more freedom to do the things that you want to do to, to make the, uh, the business you want to survive and, and to exist, to give it that chance to do that. So anyways, hopefully you found this interesting and, and, and you got some, some goodies out of it. Lord knows we all are going to be, we can't wait to see what happens with Jim's metal detectors sites site. <laughs> I'm certainly waiting with bated breath. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that would what was patience was that for uh what was that at four again it was closet it, collective it was for closet collective that's correct oh that's yeah. great well corbin wes corbin forget wes. <laughs> don't forget a wes you dude you can be a wes you just got to find a melissa to be a wes find some really <laughs> badass real estate lady and go like hey man when you need stuff demolished or taken out of a house when you need stuff put together like i've got a crappy truck <laughs> and i work <laughs> like it i'll work myself to the bone um okay uh anything else you guys corbett aiden in closing here this is great thanks thanks for the list aiden yeah no it was really good and, and you know i i can't stress this enough i i do firmly believe that anything you can possibly do to relieve the pressure from your from your baby business um <clears throat> the easier it is to be to, to vet it to try it and to uh to let it be as creative as possible um so yeah i want to make sure that uh that you have you have good ways to to leverage those things and i think these are great options for that yeah yeah and who knows maybe you end up falling in love with with you know helping someone with their email marketing by the way that whole email funnel strategy thing is just like that is so where i would be right now it is so where i would be right now just totally. studying as much of that as possible because it's just like every company is just about to be learning about like okay we can mm-hmm. do that all right let's so we need to pay a little more at mailchimp but now we can do it okay well, let's do it you know it's just like <laughs> it's so good all right team this has been awesome Dear Fizzler, thank you so much for listening to this episode. It is episode, what are we? Three, what did I say? 308? Let me see. Hold on a second. Uh, wait for it. Got to get back to my notes. Yes, fizzleshow.co slash 308 is where you can go to find all the links and, and things that about this episode. Everything that we mentioned in here will be on that page. That's fizzleshow.co slash 308. As always, Five weeks for free of Fizzle for you who are uh, listening to the podcast. We only uh, we only announce this here. You just go to fizzle.co slash try five. It's only for podcast listeners. Fizzle.co slash try five to get five weeks of the Fizzle service for free. Check that out. I have been Chase Warman Reeves on the call with me. Corbett Barr in Spain. Aiden Fishbein out in Arizona or some, something like that. I don't even know Somewhere. where we are right now. And uh, we will we'll talk to you next week. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks, y'all. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.